Welcome to the Nintendo Power Zone. We are a bi-weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you the best Nintendo-related topics. As always, I am your host, Nice One, and joining me today is Blues and Jaden Winsong. What's going on, guys? You know, just uh, getting hyped up about the new Pokemon games. That's uh, that's all I've been talking about and thinking about for the past few days. That's pretty exciting. Um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm really excited about this as well. Um, we're going to talk about, about those Pokemon games today as well. Um, we also did record a previous thing with um nice one and myself just talking about those games as well. If you guys wanted to check that out, um, I believe that is posted currently. Um, but I'm I'm a little bit hot, a little bit sweaty in summer, but I'm I'm enjoying it. We're T minus twelve days till E3 today. As of recording is June first. E3 starts on June twelfth. We're getting there. It's gonna be good. That is absolutely correct. 12 days away from E3, less than two weeks, which brings us to today. Today is our third annual E3 prediction episode. For new fans, this is where we make our outlandish, crazy predictions, uh, none of which ever, ever come true, except for the ones that like are like so like on point that they have to come true because we know a little bit about them already. But each and every year, I challenge the cast to come up with a crazy E3 prediction in the hopes that it will come true. So we all have our, our notes on deck. We're all going to make these crazy predictions. I can't wait to bring my predictions out uh, this year. And uh, on top of that, we're going to talk more about Pokemon. Let's go Eevee. Let's go Pikachu. So it's a big episode today. Not a whole lot of news to talk about because we want to focus on our predictions. But we are going to go ahead and move into the Powered Up news. And our first major news story is uh, kind of a crazy one. Resident Evil 7 is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Sort of. There's a caveat. So, I would say of, there's two caveats. <laughs> as of right now, in Japan only, you can play Resident Evil 7 on the Nintendo Switch, but it's limited to a streaming, a streaming service. Uh, this is pretty cool. I like the fact that you can play Resident Evil 7 on the Nintendo Switch. I hate the fact that it's streaming. Uh, I... Probably not so much of a big deal in Japan because they have like what I like to call hyper internet. Like their internet makes our internet look like toilet water, like shitted in toilet water. But uh, yeah, it's still uh, Resident Evil Seven playing on the Nintendo Switch. What do you guys think about this new story? I think it's a good. I think it's a good thing. I mean, anything that gets more games onto the Switch in general is is in my book, it's good. Um, and it's a way for the Switch to prove to other people that, you know what? Yeah, you know, that game's on PS4 and Xbox. One. We got it too. So I think from that standpoint, it's really good. The streaming thing can 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 hurt in an odd way. But, I mean, everyone's pretty much connected these days. So uh, I'd be curious to see how many people that actually really affects. Why do you think they actually made it a streaming game? Is it because of compression that they didn't want to go through the effort of Doing, releasing a digital version or even a physical version. I think this that's what's getting to me. Like, why didn't Capcom release a physical version of the game? They could have released a, you know, a budget version with none of the special features because this streaming version does include all the DLC. It is at a really nice price, uh, price point at uh, $18.99, uh, which is dirt cheap. And it has all that DLC, but I would pay $30, $35, dollars 40 anywhere from up to $50 to play the full version of the game and have a physical version 
or hell, if you made it digital only and you forced me to make that digital purchase, I wouldn't. I would entirely make that digital purpose. So, what's the point in making this a digital only game, in your opinion? Um, I think it has something to do with maybe the performance of the Switch. Um, maybe since like this is a pretty technical game, I'm sure they've dumbed down the graphics a little bit to make the port, as these um usually do. Um, but I almost have to wonder if if the extra like connectivity like is like Capcom pushing a bit more power or something in the Switch to help it run or maybe taking a load off of what's being processed at the same time. I think it might be to help performance. And if that is the case, I think that's kind of a welcome change um, in terms of like being able to port other games over. Um, There's a lot of really powerful graphic stuff, powerful processing stuff on the game market right now. And the Switch needs to be hurt a little bit when you get Switch ports. I feel like having that kind of workaround sort of opens the back door and allows us to get more tried and true ports, things that have not been dumbed down to an extent. And See, if that's the case, I like it. That's a little weird, though. I mean, we are getting Wolfenstein, and we do already have mm-hmm. Doom on the Switch, though. And But those have been dumbed down. They have been. They have been uh, taking a graphical mm-hmm. hit, but for the most part, they haven't sacrificed mm-hmm. any performance. performance. Yeah, the yeah, performance. Yeah, like, like they've optimized yes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so those guys... Of- go ahead. Um, so, so uh, as I've mentioned before, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned before, I worked a couple of years in the tech industry, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, one of the things that that they were, that the industry was talking about before I left, now, granted, I don't know where I stand now on what I'm about to say because I've been out of the loop, but <clears throat> this is interesting. One of the things that they were talking about doing was moving just general computer use from one where everything is processed on your own computer to being a more cloud-based service. So what you would do is you'd uh, your, your computer would be the terminal and you'd send the data over the interwebs and a lot of the hard, hard, hard computing could be done in the cloud and that would somehow integrate with your terminal at home. And so I think what they're trying to do is exactly what you're, what you're trying to get at, Liz, is they're trying to make this a streaming service so that the Switch can still get a a good performing good looking game while still being honestly underpowered um <clears throat> so if they're using that technology if my prediction is correct um then that's probably why they're doing it mm-hmm. see i have a problem with this mentality uh and i don't know maybe maybe it's because of just my general age being 34 years old I like owning things. Like no, I'm the, same the sense of ownership is important mm-hmm. to me. And you know, Netflix is great, but you know, you don't you own can't show off your DVD collection if you have a Netflix subscription. Well, not that just that, true. but like you know, streaming services cycle. They cycle oh, yeah. things mm-hmm. in and out. And you know, I'm the type of you know, you know, movie watcher, book reader, gamer that you will typically, you know, I'll go back and I'll play the game. At my leisure, you know, I'll go back, you know, maybe three years, four years down the line, but I'll, you know, eventually it will make its way back into the system Mm -hmm. and I want to play it when I want to play it. And that's the problem I have with, you know, these cloud streaming services is that they take away that sense of ownership. And I'm just not a huge fan of not being able to own things that I'm paying for. Like, so, and there's only 180 days here. If you, uh, if you do make this uh, purchase for, to play Resident Evil 7 on the Switch, 180 days. Now, that's a long time. That's half a year. But that's not the timetable in which I would play. I would play it once in that 180 mm-hmm. days, and I probably wouldn't go back to it. 
Now, that being said, I do own Resident Evil 7 on the PS4, and I have been getting that itch to play it since it's been about a year. It would be nice to to be able to play this game again. But the, again, now they're taking away the best part about the Nintendo Switch, is that they're removing the, uh, the portability aspect of it by making this game a stream only game i hate you that could have a hotspot mobile hotspots and whatnot are a thing you could do um my local library checks them out you can rent them from the library and my friend just pretty much always has one checked out so we can take a switch whoever okay so hmm. my counter argument to that is my phone that. my phone has oh. a mobile hotspot there are areas in florida mm-hmm. you know where i lose my signal which means that i'm gonna lose my signal on my console mm-hmm. uh Recently, I made that trip to, you know, uh, Joysticks Arcade Lounge mm-hmm. uh, with my fiance. The whole time we were in the car, she was playing Splatoon using the mobile hotspot on my phone. There were areas in the in you know in that drive where she lost the uh, signal entirely and was booted out of the match. The game, yeah. Not a, hotspots are great, but they're not, not a perfect. gaming solution. They're not the right no. solution for streaming games. I would agree with that. No, you're right there. So yeah, a couple things I don't like about this is I don't mm. like the 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 not owning the product, and I don't like having to be reliant on a super strong stable internet connection. Now that being yeah. said, this doesn't even apply to us. This is only yeah. for the Japanese, Japanese market. Players. But I mm-hmm. would imagine that you know, depending on how well this uh, does, in, does Japan, in Japan, they'll bring it over here if mm-hmm. if it if it does exceedingly well. All right. But anybody have anything else to say on the Resident Evil 7 uh, I think topic? I think it's good we're getting another Resident Evil game. Um, we had Re- Revelations, Revelations 2, which were kind of cool to be portable experiences. I know the original Revelations was originally 3DS portable, and that was kind of interesting. Um, so I'm glad to see more Resident Evil, though, especially with Resident Evil 7 being a kind of interesting hit last year um, and a big sort of reinvention for the series. Um, I am excited to see this come to the Switch. Oh, I definitely think it's a good get for the Switch. It's one of those things where, like, I never imagined that, you know, this franchise would ever make its way back uh, properly on a Nintendo mm-hmm. console because the last proper one we had was four was on four. GameCube, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I guess the uh, Switch, I'm sorry, the Wii version was also, I mean, the Wii yeah. version is the best version of that game, in my opinion. The motion controls, the waggle, that worked Weren't there phenomenal. a couple actually in? We, there was an umbrella like rail shooters which were a lot of fun okay. don't be wrong but they were more house of the dead e yeah, okay very yeah. arcade very yeah, old school arcade they weren't really proper resident evil titles the last real proper title that we had were the revelations ones which yeah. were fantastic but i mean you know <laughs> yeah so I think that's it for Resident Evil 7. I think we've covered the positives and the uh, the, the cons right there. So mm-hmm. moving on, let's uh let's go back to the big news of uh, was it what was it Wednesday? Uh, let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee. Brennan and I had a 48 minute conversation about you know all the information about uh, the Pokemon press conference, but we haven't heard Jaden's opinion on the game. So mm. go ahead, Jaden, take the floor. What are your thoughts on Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee? And then Brendan and I will expound on that. Yeah, you know, it's been a it's been a couple – wait, how long has it been? 72 hours? 72 hours since the announcement. So I think we've got a lot more time to actually um, sit with the information, let it sink in, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, change our, change our minds or reinforce certain opinions. 
uh, depending on how you are. And uh, I'll be the first to admit, uh, seeing the initial trailer, I was I was really not impressed. I I kind of I was on the boat of um, of hating it, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, but after you know seventy two hours and watching the trailers, you know two, three, four more times, um, I actually am um, I'm kind of excited. Honestly, um, I think it's a mixed bag. Uh, I'm still not on board. I'm not. I'm not sold on the uh, the Pokemon Go integration. To me, that's. I don't know. It's. It feels like they're trying to forcefully resurrect a dead game, or a dying game, and um, at that, to me, that's a bit weird. But we'll have to see to what extent the integration is. It, it doesn't look as if it's um, integral to the game experience. It just seems like a like a side add-on, like um, mm. like how in Soul Silver or uh, Heart Gold they had the little Pokewalker Poke thing. Pokewalker, yeah. Yeah, you didn't really need them to enjoy the game, but they were kind of just one of those things. I need mine to do. I have mine with me at all times. No, that's funny. Yeah, I need to go find mine. I have. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, there's one of them. I had another one. Anyway, but yeah, it, it's it, that's what kind of it feels like to me. What do you think? Um, uh, go ahead. So I, I'm glad you touched on the fact that it's been a while. We've been able to come to terms with it because I've come to terms with my idea too. Um, if you guys saw the episode, I was I believe the word I used was I was uncomfortable. With where it sort of sat, it didn't feel like a full main series game, and it didn't feel like a spinoff either. It sat somewhere in between that didn't sit well with me for some reason. Like, is that worth that the caused, sixty bucks? That mm-hmm. caused a lot of confusion too. Yeah, because mm-hmm. at the at the time when they announced it, they they hadn't made it clear that it wasn't a main core game. Mm-hmm. That that tweet didn't come out for like another mm-hmm. twelve hours or something. Yeah, and so a lot of people were angry and very confused, which is understandable. I was in the same boat. I'm like, really. Is this the next main well, core? I knew I knew it wouldn't be a main core from like even the rumors floating around about it, honestly. Um, but I, I actually kind so that didn't sit well for me. Like, why am I gonna like this? I know I I kind of hope that we actually get more of these let's go games, though. I hope that um we almost get a side main series. So whereas we have the main core games, you know, 2019, we're getting a new main series game, and so should that follow the traditional path of like Sun and Moon, X and Y that we've been seeing recently? I want that game to take that direction, and I want a second series to take the direction that Let's Go is going, almost like um Harvest Moon versus Story of Seasons, how those games have sort of branched off. One took one direction, one took another. Um, and so I want Pokemon to sort of do the same thing. Let's get like new generations on the main series, and let's get a Let's Go series that will like cover remakes but do them in a style where you can sort of reimagine it much like you can play around with the world a bit more with the let's go games i believe we were talking about how the pokemon this is one of the most we've seen like pokemon free roaming the world in in any pokemon game there's there's a lot of unique ideas with two player with like the the one-handed joy con the uh like dressing up like a lot of things that that seem like they might be okay with being in the main core series but are different enough where most hardcore fans would say, yeah, no, that's disgusting. Don't give that back. Like the Pokemon go integration. Like you're not a fan of it. And you know, I'm iffy on it, but as long as the 2019 mainline game has, you know, traditional roots, I'm fine with taking a sort of let's go approach 
from now on with these remakes or whatever. See, um, I, I, I'm on board with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And let me, I want to state that 72 hours later, I am just as hyped for these games as I was the day that I saw them. I've watched the trailer about 57 times. No 57. joke. Yeah, no joke, 57 times. Just sat there analyzing the trailer. And I like, no, I like God for 60. Just, just throw it out there. Make that round even 60 number. Nintendo's getting lots of revenue off of you. <laughs> I will get there eventually. I know I will. Uh, but I like the concept of this game. Uh, I like the concept of this game as a bridge. Uh, we said it in the uh, the discussion that we had a few days ago mm-hmm. with that. To capture Pokemon Go players and longtime fans well, who have fallen off. But there's mm-hmm. just a bunch of people whose first Pokemon experience, and maybe only Pokemon experience, was Let's Pokemon Go. go. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw an argument uh, a couple days ago that kind of upset me. And the argument was, this is what happens when you segment the fan base. And I'm like, the fan base was never segmented. Yeah. You have a game that was specifically designed to be played on a mobile device, and then you vote. You have your core franchise that was designed to be played on a handheld device. Now, what works in handheld doesn't work in mobile and vice versa. We've seen that. We've seen handheld games that don't translate well to mobile because they don't have tactile buttons. And we've seen mobile games that have made the transition to handheld consoles, and they don't work because most handheld devices didn't have a capacitive touchscreen to fully utilize those games. I think mm-hmm. the biggest argument was Angry Birds. Do you guys remember when Angry Birds came to the 3DS? Mm-hmm. Hello. God awful. It got yeah. such bad reviews because mobile not, games don't translate. No. Those games don't translate well. What we have here is a bridge. Mm-hmm. It takes the things that work about Pokemon Go and to be honest, catching wild Pokemon and Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. that's a good mechanic. Like we can say what we want that you know, there's no traditional battling wild Pokemon in Let's Go po- uh, Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. But guess what? The mechanic will work the same with a Joy-Con. You're still going to have that that basic motion of throwing or swiping, you know, that will, you know, throw the Pokeball to catch the Pokemon. That mechanic works. I would I wouldn't mind if that mechanic showed up in a core game, but with the caveat, let me battle the Pokemon and then select, you know, ball like I would in a like just do a gesture instead of just have it completely like Pokemon Go. And, and you know, let's be real here. They haven't even confirmed that you cannot battle the Pokemon before. Yeah. See, because what I've seen in the screenshots, or not the screenshots, but in the videos, that they do have a battle screen. So mm-hmm. it, 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 it's really, it wouldn't make sense for me mm-hmm. to not implement that. Yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that I really want to uh, wait to see for more confirmation on. Because um, I'm actually on the side of the boat where I, st- I still believe that that's going to be um, integrated into the system. I, now, I am on that boat as well, Jaden. Now, if if I'm being honest, there are, are there are features in Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee that I don't that aren't that haven't been announced uh, that I feel like should be like the raid the raid mechanic in Pokemon Go. Hmm. I honestly think that's a function that should come over specifically for legendary Pokemon. Let's say hmm. you don't have you know the legendary birds in Pokemon Go and you can't transfer them over. Well. How do we bring them over? I'm kind of tired of these give me events that the Pokemon company does where they're like, ooh, go to Target and get this card 
and you can have a level, you know, 100 Moltres. I'm tired of those. Like, there should be there should be something in game that makes catching a legendary worthwhile. Like, mm. some kind of online event that allows me to partner up with a bunch of people who are also playing this game so that I can catch, you know, whatever legendary Pokemon. I, I think the raid mechanic from, you know, you know uh, Le- Pokemon Go should be implemented in the Let's Go games. Uh, again, there are functions that I think should transfer over. Like, I, I like the, the, throwing, the actual throwing the ball. I think that should be in the main series game. But yeah, I agree. I think that should be in Pokemon 2019. Um, so yeah, I don't think this game actually goes far enough, but I love the game. I still, I love the way this game looks graphically. Like I said, you know, it keeps that whole the idea of mm-hmm. being a bridge game where it takes the best parts of the graphics of, uh, you know, the 3DS games and it upreses them so that it looks good you know, at 1080p or whatever resolution they're running this game at. I'm pretty sure that it's going to be 1080p. It would be really weird if they didn't go that route. Mm-hmm. But it looks good. Uh, it brings back, you know, the the buddy Pokemon where they're following you. Not just that, but you get two buddy Pokemon because you're always going to have Eevee. You're always going to have Pikachu, whichever game you pick. And then you're going to be able to have another Pokemon follow you or you're going to be able to ride that Pokemon. And people have been complaining about that for years. They've been complaining about it since Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Like, yeah. why isn't this your bag? Yeah, yeah, I'm because... one of those people that complains about that. Yeah, I, I complain I about that. I've always been complaining about that, and that's one of the features mm-hmm. I've wanted. So that's one of the reasons why I really appreciate Let's Go. And the other thing I appreciate mm-hmm. about the secondary Pokemon is the the Pokemon that are behind you. They look more to scale mm-hmm. than they have in the past. Like they have a, um, I think they showed the Gengar, right? And the Onix. And the Onix. Yeah. And if you look at the actual like uh, scales they have in what uh, Cerebi or whatever, how tall they actually are, Gengar's uh, fucking huge. You know, like you're gonna have to censor that out later. My bad. Uh, yeah, no, but he's, he's huge, right? And so it's <laughs> nice to see that scale actually um, kind of demonstrated in the game. Yeah, so, I, I honestly think there are more features that people like from traditional Pokemon games than the features that they don't like from Pokemon Go coming over. So mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time like swallowing the complaints of the internet recently. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's more traditional Pokemon game here than you guys are willing to give it credit for. You guys are literally just looking at the one aspect of the game that you can complain about, and yeah. you're, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. So My what? friend. Mm. My friend has literally told me, oh, yeah, I'm so excited, sarcastically, of course, oh, yeah, I'm so excited about Pokemon Go on my Switch. I love playing a, like, geocaching game on my home console. It's going to work great. I'm like, no, that's not what it is at all. They just incorporated some caching features about it, and, like, it's more or less the same experience, though. Mm. And, you know, to be fair, I was initially in that realm, and a lot of that is because of the way the trailer was cut. The trailer was cut to be heavily focused on the integration with Pokemon Go. It starts off with just Go, and then Pikachu jumps into the Switch. Exactly. And so that's one of the reasons why I can empathize with a lot of this confusion, because it's a shitty trailer. Let's be honest. It's yeah. not a great trailer. Oh, I love um, the trailer. I'm, I'm going to have Production-wise, it's great. But yeah. details-wise, it's confusing. Yeah. And... Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think personally they should have done a little bit more to to distance themselves 
uh, from Pokemon Go to make it seem like, hey, see, see, there's two ways you can look at this, right? You can look at it as like, hey, there's Pokemon Go with some um, Pokemon Go features, right? So let's go with some po- with some tiny Pokemon Go features, or you can look at it like, oh, this is just a big extension of Pokemon Go. Now, my my, my argument that I'm trying to make here is that the way the trailer was cut was in such a way that it looks like the latter. It looks like Pokemon Go Plus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Huh. So. Here's the thing. Like, all these people complaining, though, this, this is the thing that gets me. There are so many people complaining about this title. This game is going to sell 14 million units and an additional 10 million Switches. It's gonna oh, s- yeah. We're going we're gonna to get – how many Switches were sold already? How many Switches were sold? What, what did we like say? It was like 17 or something? No, it was like 17 million. All right. Yeah, yeah. So of the 17 million people who own a Nintendo Switch – the attach rate will be 12 million. Then they're going to sell an additional 14 million switches, and the attach rate to Pokemon Let's Go is going to be an additional 10 million. This will be the highest selling Pokemon game of all time. Oh, I yeah. Promise. I, I definitely agree in that standpoint, simply because, well, not, not just because of nostalgia, but also because it is the first like it's big Pokemon game. Yeah, it's the bridge game. It's and there the are so many Switch. memories. It's incorporating Pokemon Go. It's a remake of Yellow. It has the ability to capture such a wide audience that I think no other Pokemon game has really had. You know, it can recapture old fans, bring in a lot of new fans. It's on it the Switch. It also has new features, too. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. you could dress up your Pokemon. I mean, okay, so so I'm going to out myself here. I have been wanting to put Eevee in a fucking hat for since I was 10 years old. <laughs> like... He's cute as shit, or she's cute. He, Pokemon is cute as shit when you dress him up. Eevee is a, m- most of the time, a boy. It has like a 92% yeah. chance of being a boy, and then... Does it? I never yeah. remember those percentages. Yeah. But anyway, you know my point. Like, anyway, yeah. the, uh, the point I'm trying to make is the dress-up feature, they had it in like the old games with the fashionista sort of things, mm-hmm. but you could never actually see them. No. And being able mm-hmm. to see them to this degree to me is super exciting. And so I think a lot of the new features that they're adding in here, especially with things like uh, we haven't touched on it yet, but the the, the Go Park, um, for example, I think those outweigh the potential downsides, you know? Yeah, I don't think there are enough Pokemon Go features here that should uh, cause this kind of like disdain for a game that's not out yet and for a game that's going to sell to the people who are complaining about it. Like uh, maybe I'm just old. Maybe I'm just old and I'm tired of like the sense of entitlement that people carry themselves with when it comes to what Nintendo should and shouldn't make. So it gets on it gets on my nerves. Like come on guys, when they give you something new or when they give or when they make something that is designed to, you know, attract more players the first thing that comes out of people's mouths is oh they're only appealing to the casuals it's the same thing that happened when labo was announced this isn't for me not everything's for you i'm sorry and i know that seems callous but not everything is for everybody if everything was for everybody we'd all be the same and that's not what life is about man you know i've talked about this several times over the years uh, over the year of being on this podcast but this is one of the biggest fucking problems with Nintendo fan base. 
Make up your goddamn minds. It's just like Wind Waker all over again. When Wind Waker first came out, people hated it. I hate the art style. Why isn't this like Ocarina of Time? You know, but then uh, when, when Twilight Princess came out, people were like, why isn't this like Wind Waker? We want the cutesy art style. What the hell, guys? And we see this over and over and over again with the Nintendo fan base. I love you guys, but holy shit. Come on. At least give it a chance to see all the fucking features before you start complaining. Yeah, like I said, I'm super excited about what this game presents. It's it's our first big boy Pokemon game on the console. And to be honest, they have a... Oh, Pokemon Quest. Listen, that's yeah. big boy, right? That, that's medium-sized boy. <laughs> that's funny. That's a medium-sized... You know, I don't want to... Look, I don't dislike <laughs> Pokemon Quest. I actually think it plays pretty well. The transition to the console. This game was made as a mobile game first yeah. mm-hmm. and a console game second. Now, I yeah, am impressed that they were great. able to, I'm, I'm impressed at the way they were able to up-res the game so that when it's, you know, on the Switch that it looks and plays phenomenally. Mm-hmm. But oh boy, that game. I could not figure out scrolling for a minute because mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you had to hold the button down. Anyway, back to uh, Pokemon Let's Go. Look, I'm excited for what this game presents. It's our first big boy game. And look, if it's not for you, don't buy it. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to be as blunt as possible. And I'm not normally this blunt on the show, but just don't buy it. Don't buy it and, and send a message. Like, you know how... Vote with your wallet. That's how companies, yeah. that's how companies learn. That's how companies learn. You know what? We people keep complaining they don't like the direction of the Paper Mario series. It sells well enough that they're gonna keep making this they're direction. They're gonna, they're gonna keep, yeah, they're gonna keep doing them in yeah. the, you know with all these weird caveats because they sell well enough that it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you're saying because your wallet speaks more speaks more to Nintendo. Yeah. And same applies here. If you don't really want to play this game, if you if you don't like this integration, if you don't want any of this in your Pokemon, if you don't want, you know, cookies in your milk, don't buy the cookies. Just buy don't buy the cookies, you know? And that's that's how you speak volumes. Like, the chatter, it's just noise. It's just noise that Nintendo doesn't really hear. You know how Nintendo mm-hmm. hears you? When, you? when you make the purchase or when you fill out a survey. Fill out a survey. Yeah. Yeah. When Nintendo Agreed. puts out a survey, and they put out plenty of surveys. I do, like, a, a Nintendo survey once a month. I really do. How do you play your Nintendo Switch? Mostly handheld. They ask. They, they put up these surveys mm-hmm. for a reason. What don't you like about these games? There's your opportunity to, to speak. If you're not participating in the surveys and you're not speaking with your wallet, then Nintendo doesn't know what you want mm-hmm. because they're not going to read every individual comment. I Look, we get a crap ton of emails every month. I tell you what, I, as much as I try to read them, my eyeballs would bleed. Yeah. If I read every single one, you know, I, I do want to want to take uh, a moment here to actually talk about some of the, I think, what my opinion, the valid criticisms that some of the fan base has um, has come up with, and that's the lack of uh, rumor, rumor, mind you, the lack of Wonder Trade, and the what was the Pokemon uh, Online Battle uh, Tower, whatever that was, right? Yeah, and, and you know, I I think. I think uh, that's a valid criticism. Those were those have been staples of all the games in you know for a long time now. And so the fact that two generations, but yeah, it started yeah, in X yeah. and Y. No, but they had something similar in like 
Pearl and Diamond. Well, they, you mean specifically for window trading or just like all of online? Because like, well, so they had different like versions of it, right? It's been a so, long time since I played those ones. So Pokemon has had online since like Gen Four, but then mm. Wonder Trading was in Gen Six, and that's where that started. GTS, mm. the Global Trade Station, has been around since Gen Four. Yeah, um, yeah, that's Battle I, I, on Battle Online has been around since Gen Four. Yeah, yeah. I had the I, I conflated both GTS and Wonder Trade, so yeah, that, that's my okay. bad. Um, but so here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping those sorts of features are wrapped up into the go park, which we have not seen anything about yet. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm hoping. But if not, then I think that the fan base does actually have some valid, some valid points there. Mm -hmm. That's, that's just my impression. I kind of like the idea that's kind of isolated. It isolates itself in its own little box away from the mainline games in that way. I feel like, and I feel like if you're going to make remakes and more and more of them in this style in the future, you need to isolate them, make it so that it's not core series, and make that kind of clear. And I feel like that's the way you make that clear. Am I the only person that wants Lily to show up in this game? I mean, it's possible, because, like, you're not red and blue. You're two new protagonists, and red and blue are, like, characters in the world. So, so I mean, you it's know, possible. I'll like, take... Because she left to Kanto at the end of the uh -huh. game. Oh, that's true, that's true, that's true. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, but I'll take your Lily summer. and I'll raise her to Lusamine. I'll, I'll take. Lusamine. Well, they both be there. I'm just saying, you Lily know, and Lusamine were both there to meet Bill, who turned himself into Pokemon and back. So they're. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot you did that. Yeah, yeah. So Lusamine and Lily will be there. If one is there, the other will be there for sure. I definitely no. want to see them show up in the game, even if it's just in a brief cameo. Oh, it's like, oh, I came from the Alola region, and he's like, cool. I'm from Kanto. Cool. Where the heck is that? There's only 151 Pokemon. I don't know what your Rowlet and your Poplio <laughs> are. What the heck are those? Get those out of my region. Feel so, uh, you know, Pokemon, let's go Eevee. They they have a question in chat, and that is, um, what do you think the new Pokemon will be? That's, um, that's an interesting question. Some of the rumor is that we're not going to get any new ones. Um, but... Personally, I'd like to see some of the. Um, they just released some information on Twitter or whatever about uh, Pokemon that have been cut in the gold, silver original games. Oh, the Goto, they bring some like the Goto oh, Yeah, the prototype version, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would like to see some of those back because they had some cat designs that I thought were super cool. Cyndaquil didn't exist at all, and this Firestar is like crazy. I, I really like that Firestarter design. I think so, so it's going to be a fusion. It's going to be a fusion of Eevee and Pikachu. Oh, that would be cool. It's gonna be Eevee too. That'd be kind of cool. Hmm. So, uh, <laughs> I guess we're, we're, we're. I think we're starting to wrap up on this topic, right? Yeah, I think we yeah. should move away from Pokemon. Um, let's go. So, last question the then. Predictions. What is the one feature that you guys really want to see in this game that Ooh. we haven't seen yet? I'll go first. Pokey waifus. No. I'm just saying. I want Lusamine. You know they've done that. They, that they blessed us in Sun and Moon with Lusamine and 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 Whisk Wh Wisp. What was her name? Wick one. Wick 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 because it rhymes Wick. with thick. So that's how you remember, of course. That's it how is. I remember. <laughs> All right. Honestly, yeah, I, I want, want Pokey waifus. What was your set? I want raids. I I want raids. I think that's a function of Pokemon Go that translates well. Uh, something that really embraces community play even if it has to be online community play but that's what pokemon is supposed to be right pokemon is supposed to make 
it's supposed to help you make friends. It's supposed to share. You're supposed to have something that you have in common, and you're supposed to share that joy with one another. And I think raids. You know, the few raids that I've been to, you know, in Pokemon Go, I haven't been to a whole bunch, but I have been to a few that require like meeting up with people. Those have been fun because we all go in there, we bond over Pokemon, and then we go our separate ways. I might never see them again, but in that brief moment, we're all friends. So I think the raids, you know, function in the way that Pokemon was always designed to function, you know, helping people, you know, communicate with one another through a, you know, a shared interest. So yeah, I would like to see raids, even if they're limited to online raids. I want them there, especially, you know, for catching legendary, you know, type Pokemon. Okay, so hear me out. This is kind of a crazy idea. But so you know the Pokemon TCG video game on the Game Boy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want the player character to be able to collect cards in the game oh, and like, go around like and play like battle other people, but in the TCG version. <laughs> that and would have, be like, so cool. That would be cool, right? Right. And I hope maybe some cool. amiibo card integration might be a way to do that as well. Um, we do. We've not seen amiibo support in this game yet. So if there is amiibo support, that could be an interesting way to do it. Maybe. Um, other than that, like I want a lot of other nods and throwbacks to things, even if they're technically in the future, like. Usamine and Lily, you know, they're Gen 7. So seeing them there is a nice little nod to the Gen 7. Um, seeing like Steven Stone from Gen 3, um, Gold. Like, what if like, at the end of the game, you be, you fight like Gold at the top of Mount Silver or something? You fight Gold what instead. You, what if you just go to Johto at the end of this since it's just I kind mean, of like. like okay, so right, here's, here's a crazy um, controversial question. Okay. If Johto was DLC, would you buy it? Yeah, one hundred percent. Price. I don't care. <laughs> no, 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 charge another twenty bucks. I'm gonna buy a Johto. What if it's forty? For, for forty, I kind of want a whole new game. You better put Hoenn like, in. If you, for forty, you better add Hoenn as well. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't want a whole new game. So, like, if I'm getting a physical cartridge, I want a physical cartridge for Johto as well, and I'd pay forty for that. That's how I would do it. That's no, fair. I guess DLC. we're all agreed though that if it were DLC, New Zones DLC, we would pay for it. You know, but I I buy it with the caveat that I need in I need the uh, the second Elite Four as well as part of that DLC. I, oh, now, of course, yeah. I need no. I need both the Elite Fours. I just can't have like the Johto how it was in Pokemon Gold and Silver, where it's like, here you beat the Elite Four, but here are these other eight gym leaders that mean nothing. You know, you beat them and there's no Elite Four, so that you're the champion of two regions. You're just the champion. No, 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 no. I need mm. I need I need the Johto League as well. Part of me wants to see Hoenn, or not Hoenn, Kanto go through a very, very just major change. Like the apocalypse has hit Kanto. Oh, you're going back to those rumors from way back when. I think that's cool. I don't know about those rumors. I'm not sure what you're talking about. But I feel like that could be interesting to see, though. Like something where, you know, Kanto isn't the same as it was. I feel like you should have like a remake version. Maybe like if you add a DLC, make it DLC where like you... The new player character who's not prepared to travels like 30 years into the future and Team Rocket rules everything. Well, that was one of the rumors sort of leaks that was coming oh. out like a while back uh, before they, we got the official uh, Let's Go announcement. And that was I the idea that, that, yeah, oh, I guess um, I must have read it on like Reddit or something. But anyway, um, the idea was that it was going to be set in the future uh, like a couple decades after. Uh, sun and moon and there is supposed to be some sort of weird cataclysmic ish event um 
that had changed land masses or whatever. And so you go back like the to, meteor in Fortnite then. Yeah, kinda. So you go back yeah. to uh, to Kanto, and there's a and, giant meteor and mountains and everywhere that went that used to be. Yeah, some sort of idea with that, huh. like that, which I thought would be interesting, but um, I don't know. Huh. Um, what about hmm? what about the Orange League? I could, yeah, fun. that could be fun. I had, I paid like five or ten bucks for Orange League DLC too. Yeah. Like if you added that later on, I would I would pay for that. Like that was also never really a thing we got to do in the games either. That was like exclusive to the anime, correct? Yeah, was, I think it was anime yeah. filler basically. Yeah, I think so. Didn't he win the Orange League actually? <laughs> I think won. it was the only thing he won. Well, no, he won the Battle Frontier. He was going to be his own Frontier brain, but declined the offer. So he won the Battle Frontier, and I think he won Orange League. He's never officially won an official league, though. No, yeah. Orange League was not official. <laughs> Battle Frontier is its own little thing. Yeah. All right, guys. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick five-minute break. And when we come back, we're going to move into our E3 predictions. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Nintendo Power Zone, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Nice One, and joining me are my co-hosts, Blues and Jaden Winston. We are fully staffed today because today is a very special episode. It is our third annual E3 prediction show. I am super hyped because it's these two's first E3 with the Nintendo Power Zone. Now, I've done this mm. twice already, so I'm really excited to see what kind of crazy prediction you guys have for the second half of our predictions. But first, as always, as is tradition here, we like to make predictions about the games that we know are coming out first. Mm -hmm. So we've got a nice little list of games this year. I think more than we've had in our previous two uh, E3s because mm -hmm. last E3, I mean, we were all anticipating Super Mario Odyssey. And if that was the only game Nintendo brought, that would help. That was a good year. Uh, and the year before that was a Wii U E3, and we had all since given hope. But they did bring Breath of the Wild that year. I mean, that was mm -hmm. all they really showed, but they brought Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So this year, there's a lot of hype because there are games we know about. So the mm -hmm. games we know about are Smash Bros. Untitled, Yoshi, Metroid Prime 4, Pokemon Switch, Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, and we get to talk a little bit about the Nintendo Switch Online service. So let's go ahead and we'll start with a big one, Smash Bros. I'm going to start with my first prediction for Smash Bros. A brand new wave of Amiibo. Not reprints of the previous Amiibo line. I think we are getting an all-new lineup of Amiibo. New poses, new characters, new bases, the whole nine yards. The Amiibo craze uh, was at its fever pitch when the Smash line had first come out. So I think that Nintendo's not stupid. I know there's that running joke that Nintendo doesn't like making money. That's BS because we all know Nintendo loves making money. And they do it better than most other video game companies so be prepared for a brand new wave of Amiibo. And I guarantee you, with the decimation of Toys R Us, 
it's going to be even harder to find these new mm-hmm. people. Or they could just do us all a favor and make them easy for once. That's, that's not what they do. Please? That's not what they do. Please? Nintendo likes to generate hype. They like to... They kind of like to create... But it's, it's, sort of, they it's like a to, scummy strategy. It's good, but it's scummy. Yeah, they kind of like to create... A, yeah, that false, false demand. demand. It's that false demand, but Nintendo does it better it than that. It's the hype. And it's, I just want it. I don't want to pay scalpers. If Nintendo wants money, they don't create scalpers. They sell it themselves. See, but what this gets me really excited for, though, is, uh, like, specific characters. Like, uh, I know there's going to be at least one ARMS character in this new game, so it's going to be nice to have an ARMS amiibo. And you know that Nintendo likes to do some funny stuff with, with their amiibos, so I expect them to have, like, slinky ARMS. Now, will the Splatoon, existing, like, Splatoon line of amiibos work for Inkling Boy and Girl as characters, and will I we get an Inkling Boy and Girl Smash amiibo? I think they'll work, and I think if you use the Splatoon 2 amiibos, that will unlock alternate costumes for, for that. But I also think we're going to get a brand new uh, traditional Inkling Boy and Inkling Girl amiibo, which no, I think that's going to be dope. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's my first prediction for Super Smash Bros. Who's got the next? Um, so I want to say that at E3, um, there will be a trailer, and in the trailer, um, if not a newcomer, I think we will see a trailer that will showcase all of the old comers, all the returning characters who are more or less cut. Yes, Ice Climbers, Wolf, those are very popular characters to come back. Um, and all the rest who have been cut will be shown off in the trailer that we see. I think getting that confirmation that these characters are coming back early on is a very smart move. Um, so I think. Whether it's in just the main trailer we do get, or if it's in uh, some just separate trailer specifically for the newcomers, I think they'll get a trailer. Yeah, my prediction or hope is on a similar line. I really hope they bring in um, different uh, characters that we wouldn't have thought of um, of being Smash Brothers kind of uh, appropriate. For example, um, Goku. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that guy. Sakura yeah, yeah. I gotta be that guy. Every amiibo down your throat yeah. if, you, if you want that. Yeah. Come on. No, no, but these are these are ones I really, really want. I want to see um, Young Link make a return. Okay. I uh, more along the Zelda lines. I'd like to see um, the King of Hyrule from the CDI days. The CDI, oh, the my boy. I was going to say the Red Lion King, but... No, no, no. I'm talking about oh. my boy. Oh, no. Um, I would love to see some of those things. But we forgot about them. We don't talk about that. Yeah, that's why I would love to see them. It would be so <laughs> out there. It would, I think it'd be fantastic. Even if it were just yeah, as like a, as like a right. trophy, you know? I think that'd be cool. The uh, other one I want to see is I want to see Captain N. I want Captain N in mm-hmm. Smash. Yeah, he would be agreed. sick with his little zapper yes. thing. Yeah, that's that's a character I want, and that that more or less ties in. I'm not sure how to say it, but I want the old returning characters. But in with, I would kind of love if we got a newcomer revealed. It would be the newcomer that's the retro one we get in this game. We got their traditional like mm-hmm. Rob was a retro newcomer. Um, Duck Hunt yeah. Dog and any Sapper guys were um, the retro newcomer, etc. And so I feel like he would make a good retro newcomer. And I feel like I want a retro newcomer, whoever it is, to be showed off like as the newcomer. We because we're going to get newcomers in at E three is the assumption, right? Yep. That actually segues into my next prediction. 
my my newcomer prediction for Smash, mm -hmm. my big one, is we are going to see two arms characters. Two. two. Not, not just one, two. We are uh -huh. going to get Springman. Okay. Or Ribbon Girl. One of those two. Or, okay. One of those two will definitely appear in this game. And for my actual other pick for arms characters, we are going to see Ninjara. And i tell you how this is going to go down. Greninja is going to be a returning character, and they're going to have Greninja doing some stuff, you know, jumping off of trees like a frog ninja does. And then out of nowhere, he's going to be chilling. He's going to stop chilling a tree branch, and there's going to be a giant chain fist approaching him. And he's going to do his little – he's going to drop a smoke bomb, and he's going to teleport away. And then when he teleports to his new location, Ninjara will also teleport, be in his face, and smash Greninja down. That is my prediction. For our for Smash and Ninjara, Springman, or Ribbon Girl. So so I want I want to add into that trailer idea. So then as they're clashing, all of a sudden like a shuriken comes out, and Takamatsu from Takamatsu's like Ninja Castle comes out. That'd be sick. It just interrupts all three of them. <laughs> all right. So who's got the next second Smash prediction? Um, I guess I'll go. Um, I kind of wanted to do a newcomer prediction, but I feel like it's more interesting to say that I want a quest mode slash story mode. I don't, I don't want to say story mode back, but maybe quest mode might be more what it is. But something similar to the Subspace Emissary, I think that was a feature that I think a lot of people want to come back. I think Sakurai will put it back. I feel like that's the thing to make this game stand out also from Wii U, because I feel like it will be similar if, if it's not a port. I feel like it, it's got to be the same engine, etc. Um, some a lot of similarities. I think in terms of the roster, you can't get much bigger. Obviously, you go more third party, and Nintendo creates new IPs. But then you have a good chunk of the existing characters already there. You know, um, a lot of the, we, all the franchises are mostly represented in some fashion. Mario has a lot of reps. Obviously, we still need like Waluigi, etc. But we have a good chunk of the uh, base characters covered. Um, and so I feel like you can't expand the roster too much right now. I feel like there's we have everyone we can think of at this point. I don't know. Um, so I think adding new modes is the approach to make this game better. Add a story mode, add a new kind of classic mode, etc. Um, I think that's how you make this game stand out, gameplay-wise. All right. No, I agree. Yeah, that would be nice. I, I do miss the Subspace Emissary. That was probably the saving grace of... Oh, Brawl. Yeah. Like, and let's be honest. For as much as I dislike Brawl, Brawl is still a good game. It's just... Mm -hmm. It's just... In comparison, to, a Smash game. in comparison to other Smash games, yeah, it, it doesn't hold a candle. But yeah, it's still yeah. a really good game mechanically. Mm -hmm. All right, Jaden, second prediction. So, um, I predict that we will see a return of the um, the equipment function. Like what we got with custom moves? Yes, not okay. the custom moves and the custom weight classes and, and things like that. Um, okay. I think it'd be very hard for them to go... And not include that since um, since it was a feature that was added. In my personal opinion, anything that allows uh, people to customize um, something allows them to become it, – it, it forces them to be invested into it. So it's not just that they're, I don't know, a Captain Falcon main. It's they're a Captain Falcon main that changes it. So he has this particular move set and moves like this, or hits really hard and is a glass cannon. 
And, and to me personally, I think this is one of the most underutilized um, and underrated features of the latest match because I, I, I think it would make it for a much more interesting um, competition scene. That's just my opinion. Um, I, I, I want to bounce off that a little bit though, because with that, you know, you have to realize that Sakura has to appeal to people who want, who don't like those things and people who do want these things. That's the big issue Sakura really faces when dealing with his fan base. He made this game to be more casual, more fun. That's why items exist. But then the hardcore fans say no items, only flat stages and only the good characters in Sakura is like, well, that's not how you make the game, how I want to make it and how most people also want to play it, you know? And so I feel like you have to include that feature. I feel like you can't take it out because that appeals to the side who liked it in the Smash 4. Um, the side who didn't like it was the competitive guys, and I feel like they won't use it. But I almost want to say expand on it, but don't. I feel like it was poorly made in 4. I almost want to say what you could do is cr a character creation system for Smash. So you could, in theory, create characters who didn't make it. Similar to how the Miis were supposed to function in Smash 4. Like, Ice-T, you know, was in Smash. He made a Mii for him. Chuck Norris was in Smash. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And so, but you can do that. Almost like, you know, I feel like in terms of moves, you'd have to, like, pick from the existing roster. So if you wanted, you could do, like, create a character who looked like the head of Mario with, like, the torso of Link and, like, the boots of Samus. I don't know. Like, something like that. And then just give him, like, Captain Falcon's side B... Give him, you know, Mario's basically blood similar to uh, the Soul Caliber. Uh, yeah, that's characters. what I'm going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, feel like I that, could see that kind of working. Create yeah. an abomination of a character. Just oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's it's better than not having it at the same time. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I agree though. The, the fourth <laughs> one did need a little bit more refinement. Yeah, but I would like to see a a return with that. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So moving into the next game we know about Yoshi. So. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hit up with the. I'll start with this one again. Okay. Labo integration. Okay. Yes, okay. The, the aesthetics of this new Yoshi game, the cardboard backgrounds just scream for Labo integration. Now it's mm -hmm. not it's not something you have to have. It's something you can do, but it would be really cool for them to announce a Labo uh, tie-in with a specific game. I think. The Yoshi's franchise, it's not going to go back to Yoshi's Island. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't really need to. Yoshi's are, Yoshi, they're entry-level games. And Labo is, you know, fun for all ages. So why not take an entry-level game and a thing that's fun for all ages and make them compatible with one another? That could be really fun. I would buy that Labo pack, especially if it functions with that Mega Yarn Yoshi amiibo or the, uh, the Yarn Yoshi amiibos. I could see those two things being a lot of fun. I would, I would love something like that. So yeah, Labo integration for Yoshi. Um, so I think with Yoshi, I feel like we're going to get some big sort of showcase of something. Uh, I want to compare it to Mario Odyssey. For the longest time with Mario Odyssey, we only really saw like base core platforming with it, and then we got the trailer that showcased Cappy. We didn't know Cappy was a thing. We didn't know we'd be able to possess other enemies and monsters for the longest time. So it looked like more like a galaxy kind of game. It took place in New York and some realistic forest in Mexico. And it was, other than that, it was just a traditional 3D Mario game. And then they released a trailer that showcased Cappy. And it's like, whoa, what just happened? 
Um, and so it's we knew his hat would be a thing, I guess. I mean, we, we saw him throw it, but the capture mechanic. I feel like we're gonna see some sort of big mechanic in this. I feel like it might pertain a bit to cardboard as well. Um, we already know it's got the flipping mechanic, but I feel like there's something else they have up their sleeves for this Yoshi game we still yet to see. Um, I'm excited to see what that is. I don't know. So I'll be honest here, I have zero predictions. Uh, oh. <laughs> Yoshi, you know, the way this game looks, it seems very straightforward to me. It's very much along the lines of Yoshi's story and uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. And so beyond... I think that's what the, they want us to think, personally. Yeah, yeah. I, it wouldn't Mario surprise Odyssey me if they... They are similar to Mario, and then they threw in Capture Mechanic. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, if they did do something like that. But it also wouldn't surprise me if they just said, no, this and is... And it's Yoshi, it's plain and it's simple. It's Yoshi. Uh, his cuteness sells... I could see that happening. Yeah. I, I could see that happening, too. And, and so... Um, for me, this is mostly just a wait and see, and um, I'll be pleasantly surprised either way. I think so. I think what makes me – I'm kind of see both camps. I think I'm more towards my unexpected mechanic because Yoshi's been so hush-hush. I feel like a game like Kirby Star Allies, we got a bit more information um, a lot sooner, a lot more frequently for some reason. And with Yoshi, obviously it's still not out yet, but I feel like it's it's been hush-hush for a reason Whereas I, think, I don't know. I think I think it's a little more simple than that. I think they just realized that they had three 2D side-scrolling platforms coming out. Oh, within, a, within one calendar year, so they're you spacing want, out. You don't want to, you know, really okay. bombard everybody with those kind of promotions. So I think that's why we're not seeing a whole lot of Yoshi. But okay. I do think this. I do think Yoshi will be another engine for Nintendo to uh, bring out some additional DLC. I think mm -hmm. we're going to see a Yoshi DLC pack announcement. That's my second prediction. Uh, okay. Something something fun. Something that may be a little bit more challenging for, you know, your harder and your your, your more core uh, fan base. Like, mm -hmm. Yoshi games do skew younger, but I think some, like, cool DLC that appeals to the, the hardcore gamer would really be welcome in a game like Yoshi. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe even something simple where, like, hey, Mario shows up. And Mario is part of this, or Baby Mario, like have mm -hmm. a Baby Mario mode where, you know, just some, some there would be some kind of DLC announcement for Yoshi. Got That's it. what I predict. Okay. Um, my second prediction um is a level creation system. Hmm. Level creation. I feel like with a 2D platformer, you have those kinds of options. Um, I think it'd be a little bit weird because the environments are made of cardboard and like are very artistic. And I don't see like with a game like Mario Maker. I feel like it's a lot simpler and a lot more easy, but I feel like with Yoshi, you could make a level editor kind of Yoshi at some point. It might not be this. I feel like it's a good fit for Yoshi games, though. That could definitely work. I could see how using like that same kind of engine that Mario Maker used, where like mm -hmm. I create a stage, uh, like that's like just blasphemous, and post it online and see what the completion mm -hmm. rate is. That was one of my favorite things about Mario Maker. I would make these impossible stages. I hate you. Um. <laughs> I just love doing that. Like they were, they were beatable. They just, mm -hmm. you just, you, you just break your system it. before you beat it. That's, that's yeah. what it is. You yeah. had to work for. It. I actually had a stage that had a less than one percent completion rate, and it had like a thousand plays. And I'm like, wow, okay, I made this too hard. But <laughs> no, but going back to like, just creating the environments themselves, like look like they're created like in a in a person's living room. I believe Treehouse said like during the Treehouse like live they did last year that. This game looks like I, as a kid, like I could make this out of household materials around the house. Hmm. 
And, and I think that's kind of like if you if you can do that in real life, they could do that in the game where you can just make the levels. I don't know. All right. All right. So moving into our next one, Metroid Prime 4, who's got the first prediction? Um, I think they'll preface it with another trilogy. I think Metroid Prime like trilogy for Wii was brilliant. Um, but since it was so limited and it still sells for a high price, I think it's smart to release it as a trilogy, um, or at least some sort of like going back to it. Um, so I think we'll get not only four, but a trilogy to like get people excited to buy it first. Um, get people caught up. Um, much like how Bayonetta has been at a one and two. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles X before that had a Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. That game was also kind of unattainable in the same boat as um, Metroid Prime Trilogy. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even think about it like a a, uh, mm-hmm. a collector's uh you know bundle of those three. To be fair, it has gotten more accessible to get this game. It was on the Wii U as like a virtual console Wii game. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that really worked, but that was on there, so it's not too too unaccessible right now. But it is something they could do. I mean, it is considering when you think about what the fan base of the Wii U is, considering mm-hmm. there's only 14 million yeah. people. I kind of hope, I mean, you don't have anything for Pikmin, but I hope we get a Pikmin trilogy at some point, too. I forgot Pikmin about Pikmin. trilogy needs to happen. But yeah, anyways. Alright, so I, I definitely think we're going to see our first gameplay trailer for Metroid. I think mm-hmm. they're not just going to give us a regular, you know, cutscene trailer like, you know, they would at most, like, like what Sony is guilty of doing at a lot of their press conferences. I, I definitely think we're going to see gameplay, uh, mm-hmm. be it in Treehouse Live or, you know, in the Direct itself. I think we're going to get our first gameplay trailer. And I think we're going to, I think we're going to see this game with, uh, we're going to find that there is an online component to this game, uh, like an online shooter component to this. Okay, that could be interesting. Yeah, that's about that I was going to predict as well. I think there will be multiplayer. I think it, um, I think there will be multiplayer similar to like the Metroid Prime Hunters. Okay, I can see that. Back in the DS days, which was a fantastic uh, mm-hmm. arena shooter, by the way, for y'all youngins who have never played it, you missed out. Um, but I think uh, they they they'll do something like that, especially considering that uh, one of the big things that Nintendo's trying to push this year is their online service. And mm-hmm. so having a big uh, flagship title like uh, Prime 4 um, taking advantage of that service would uh, would make sense from mm-hmm. a business standpoint. Now, I almost kind of wish that in terms of like an online like battle mode, I hope we also get co-op though on this on this kind of topic. I think co-op could be interesting. Um, I feel like it. There's a sense of isolation in Metroid games, though. I'm not sure how having an ally would really help with that. But I feel like if you make the game intense enough and like big enough, you could maybe get that feeling still. Um, I feel like if you make it so if you're playing online, you have to work more as a team. I guess could help. Like giving callouts, chatting commands, like guys on my six you know, bogeys on my six star fox um i don't know so that actually kind of leads me to my second prediction okay uh which you perfectly segued me into i think that this game will be a sequel to all the other uh metroids that we've seen before and so what i imagine is um it's samus uh working well because like in in the last 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 timeline Metroid game, Samus got her like super fusion suit, right? Yes, yes she became Metroid. a Metroid. 
Yes. And then she became a Metroid, right? So yeah. I kind of wonder if this is going to be a sequel beyond that. So you're playing like a new Net Samus, you know what I mean? Like the next generation Samus. Exactly. All right, so you guys, oh. so Jaden and and Brendan stole my second prediction, but you guys don't know it. Yet. <laughs> wait, you guys wait, wait, don't so know what, it. What are you saying? So I'm saying my second prediction was it's going to also have a local multiplayer co-op, but the mm. second player will be a Metroid. Oh, that'd be oh. sick. Yeah, because yeah. Samus yeah. herself is now a Metroid. She would be able to communicate and influence other Metroids. It's almost like a co-star mode. So she would essentially be like a new mother brain. Oh. So my my prediction for this game is Samus is a Metroid, and she's decided that hey, I'm tired of working for the government. I need to overthrow it. Well, she's and, kind of already decided that more or less in the yeah, but now, timeline. Yeah, but now she's officially going to destroy going to do it. Yeah, she's That's gonna do it. And because she's because she herself is also a Metroid, she's going to use other Metroids. Other Metroids to attack, you know, the government and just overthrow it entirely. And that's how you get your your multiplayer caught because you could have, you know, the second player play as a either Ridley or another Metroid. So I think that's how or, this would go down. What I think could be interesting as well is uh this is more towards my idea is that Samus now that she's a Metroid, she's the villain. You know? Yeah, that could be cool too. And so I'm thinking that this is in the future. You're kind of building off the Federation's force kind of vibe where um, they, you know, 30 years, 40 years down the future, they reverse engineer Samus's original suit, mm-hmm. and now you're the next Samus, you know? That um, could be dope. Right? So, That'd so be going, going back to the lore, actually, I believe at the end of Fusion, she realized that, like, Mother Brain was right the whole time, and that. <laughs> She, she like the space pirates from other brain were right the whole time, and Federation, Galactic Federation was the ones who were corrupt, and I believe that she like we were left at like okay now how does she act, and that's sort of where the game ended. Now that she had this information that, so I'll guys, be honest, I have not played Fusion in over a decade, yeah, so like wow, this this is this is like it's like I'm you know hearing this for the first time again. Okay, so uh, it's it's thank you for explaining this to not just me, but so yeah. then. At some like point, like if she does like fight for Mother Brain, she she and become a Metroid. She like is Mother Brain. Let's say it's almost like you've re so because she's uh, aligned herself with the space parts of Mother Brain at this point, right? Because after Fusion, um, <laughs> and so now she just is Mother Brain, and then we're gonna get like the it goes full circle almost. So then she's Mother Brain. Galactic Federation after being destroyed decides to take them down and all the Metroids with them. And they get a new Samus and. It goes full circle, and then that one becomes like a new mother brain. <laughs> Sixty games later, <laughs> I don't That'd know. That'd be super cool. I, I I would I'd be down for that. It all goes full circle. That's crazy. No man, I I totally see any of these things could be legit for Metroid. But yeah, I mean, that's so much potential. That's the thing though. Like, I need them to get back on track as far yeah. as uh, telling the story. I mean, yeah, like, I don't. I'm not one of those other M haters, but like. It's been so long. I'm looking. What Metroid Fusion came out in 2002. Mm-hmm. In yeah, two, 2002. So yeah. it's it's been 16 years, and, and we that's do the not reason have, I don't remember anything. We don't have a resolution to this story. Mm-hmm. So no, we don't. Like the, I mean, they've been filling it's, plot it's, holes. It's a miracle that I remember that chronologically Fusion uh-huh. is the last game, and that she is a Metroid. It's a miracle mm-hmm. I remember that because it's just Agreed. been so long, and I don't even I don't have that game anymore to go back, pick it up, and play it just to, mm-hmm. you know, 
relive it and then be like, okay, so this is the next logical course of action for this character. So yeah, I'm excited for Metroid Prime 4. I really hope it moves things along and hell, it would be really cool to see uh, Samus overthrow the Federation. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but is that all the predictions, I guess? No. No? No, we still have Pokemon Switch. So well, this... I meant for Metroid. Yeah, for Metroid, yes. So Pokemon Switch, which we now know will be coming out in 2019. So I don't really have a lot of predictions for this game that we didn't kind of already cover in the news segment. Uh, just want to go over them real quick. I want the Pokemon Go uh, capture mechanic to return, but only after battling the Poke the wild Pokemon first. Uh, and the raids. I think raids should also be implemented uh, in a traditional Pokemon game to capture legendary Pokemon. Like, that's it. So I have no real predictions other than what we've already discussed. Um, I don't think it'll show up at E3 at all. I think Pokemon has had its spotlight, and Nintendo's already taken that spotlight, and they're going to run and move away from Pokemon entirely at E3. Um, I think in terms of the 2019 game, I think Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee will come out in November like they are slated to be. And then come February, I believe, they're going to have a Pokemon Direct. And then they're going to have Pokemon come back a week before E3, just like they did this year. And, and like get the final details out in our release date for next holiday season in 2019. Yeah, that's probably about right. Um, that would make sense to me. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's go ahead and we'll move into Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes. Nintendo's made a huge deal about this game. Uh, and with... You know, with good reason. The No More Heroes franchise is beloved by the people who play it. And uh, we just got an announcement for Killer7 getting a remake. So, you know, Nintendo doesn't want that thunder stolen because that Killer7 remake is going to be on the next generation consoles, such as the PS4 and the Xbox One. Uh, so, yeah, you know they're going to get on the Suda51 hype train and they're going to give us a solid release date for this game. That is my first prediction. We're finally going to get a real release date for this game, and I predict September. Hmm. Um. So I don't think it'll be in the main show. I think this will be a game shown off in the Treehouse Live. I think this, despite how big and beloved this game is, it's shown just such a precedence of being like a Nindy title and a Treehouse kind of title. Um, Nintendo Minute, I believe, covered it as well. I feel like despite it's a game deserving of... A spotlight it's not going to get it. i feel like it, it fills in the ranks with the nindies and the side stuff i think it will be e3 but it will be treehouse well, remember it was part of the march direct versus the nindies direct earlier this year and i think part of that is also due to pseudo 51 i mean i think let's so. be honest his games they don't play like triple a titles mm -mm. they just don't like even that when he was sense. attached to huge companies um all his games were very kind of hipster nin nindy ish you know what i mean yeah. no i agree so, agreed i think that's also a contributing factor to why people consider his game to be kind of an indie game hmm. all right and my second prediction for no more heroes online online multiplayer they have not announced it yet they've only announced local call but i don't yeah. i don't think suda 51 is the type of developer that is going to put all those eggs in the local multiplayer co-op basket because let's be honest Nobody couch co-ops anymore, even when they should. So, um, I, I think that's a, a feature that I think is coming as well. Um, But you already said that. So I think maybe a bit of DLC. I don't think that'll be an E3 announcement, but I think we should see the DLC for this game at some point, probably. Right. I think this game is going to end in such a way that it leads to the next um, 
core No More Heroes title. I think so. Not one. I think well. that this is plan. the way this one is supposed to play out. If um, if it's it's not just misdirection, it's supposed to play out like a kind of well indie game for like yeah. a better term. You know, <laughs> well, it's, it's not a spin off, but it's still following the main like storyline yeah. to set up for the next entry, in yeah. which that yeah. next entry will be a core title. It's yeah. more like like I don't want to say like a, the funding for the third game, but it's kind of like the judge the funding to yeah. um get the money there by creating a slightly smaller scale game and yeah, also exactly. set it up All yeah right. i i think this will lead to a um a different game that has more of the core gameplay that we're used to yes i agree all right so our last known topic is one that i'm gonna make a weird prediction but I predict Nintendo is going to spend too much time on this subject, and that is Nintendo Switch Online. They're going to try to justify the cheap price point, and they're going to try to – well, they're going to show us the 10 uh, Super NES titles that are going to be announced. But I also think we're going to see something really cool. I think we're going to see some GameCube titles get announced as part of the Nintendo Switch Online services. So, guys, get ready. I'm calling it right here. We're going to see Super uh, Mario Sunshine – at E3. We're going to see it as part of the Nintendo Switch Online services. Now, I also, like I said, I do think Nintendo's going to spend too much time on this subject because they're going to try to justify that $20 because, yeah, there was a lot of backlash and I think they want to I think they want to clear the room of that, of any any backlash with this online service. Now, I almost have to ask then, do you think that Smash Bros. will support GameCube controllers and that that will reverse back to this? 100%. Nintendo already uh had that update last year that made the GameCube adapter functional. Yes. Now they, they said that was an intentional side effect. No, 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 no. That was no, nothing unintentional about that. They just didn't <laughs> think anybody would find it. That's I what agree. really happened. They didn't think anybody would find it. That's I, why I we agree. that's why we all should have known a Smash game was coming out within, you know, a calendar year of that actually happening. That was like Nintendo said, shit, they data mined us and they found this. Every freaking time. Every free- who are these people who are dating data mining us? We need to stop them. No, there was no mistake there, man. That okay. was that was intentional and Nintendo knows it, but you know, PR. What if the data mining was intentional to get the PR? <laughs> man, you know, so I honestly wouldn't put anything past Nintendo. They are they're sly marketers, man. They really are. Like with the false demand, of course, that's scummy. Like they like, like Nintendo knows how to how to like yeah, rile people up. So do. one of the things back on to the online service, uh, my big prediction, my my only real prediction, is that um we will see elements of the Miiverse return in some way, shape, or form. Uh, when they expand upon the online, and I I I assume it's going to take the form of a phone app. I so, would really appreciate that. I, I don't like the move away from me's. Like, yeah. I am too bonded with my me character. He has followed me since the Wii, moved to my 3DS, moved to my uh, Wii U, moved to my Switch. I am too bonded to my me to not be able to have it, you know, Agreed. on my Switch. It's like it's a hidden function on the Switch, and that that ugh, it upsets me so much. And I'm you know, the weirdest thing, yeah, and the weirdest thing is, is when we look at a Nintendo and what they've been doing in the past, you know, couple years. We see a lot of different um, attempts at creating this sort of like Miiverse social network thing. 
with not just the what was the one that just um me Mitomo? Mitomo. yeah yeah with Mitomo and everything and now that they have a centralized app that's going to be mandatory it is the perfect zones yeah. for them to implement the social media network that they've always wanted oh just, just i'll just bring back meverse man i was so ha- i was happy with meverse i yeah. loved it i thought it was fantastic agree i i agree with you i really liked it i don't know why they took it away um bouncing off of that then i'll get into my prediction i feel like the current app is not social enough <laughs> I mm-hmm. feel like you can send like what playdate schedules and and invites, and then there's no real other ways to communicate. You have to be in certain like special lobbies for Splatoon. It's too online can't really be used in a social way. And I feel like you need to have like more like instant messaging of some kind, a, a way to reach out to unknown players, etc. Find people, friend people from the app, etc. I think that's. It needs to the up the app needs to be updated in some fashion, just be more social and more connected because it's well, too linear one way this this way. And more games um, need to use it. More games for sure. Like Pokemon um, well needs to use it. Smash needs mm-hmm. to use it. Arms should have been updated. Yeah, arms should have had it. Arms should have had it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but for my big prediction, I feel like I I hope that they actually spend a lot of time on the online service. But I hope they give us a reason to. And I, this is sort of my reasoning. Um, so I hope we get one last Breath of the Wild update. And this Breath of the Wild update will include online. It'll have online like co-op. Um, so you can you have another link from another world, just like how Wolf Link is from another world. Um, and he comes over to your world, to, and it's just two links having a good time in Hyrule. Um, and you can expect there's so much like Breath of the Wild is a perfect sandbox, though. It's such a good sandbox where you have like the Magnesis and you can do fun little steps with that with Stasis with Cryonis. There's a lot you can do with that and like how to kill enemies. Um, with the last Champions Ballad DLC, we got the motorcycle, the Master Cycle Zero to be able to race my friends around Hyrule in a Master Cycle. That's fun. I like that idea, but that's nothing we currently have. And it might be a bit of a stretch. It goes back to me verse a little bit, but the Wind Waker like message in a bottle system. But in Breath of the Wild, you can give like little hints around the world, um, like how to maybe tackle things, secret items you can grind out, etc. Um, I think that could be a fun feature to also utilize that online. I think that update would probably drop the same day as the online system too. That could be fun. That That's could a very be a fun. Predict, but I feel like oh oh, but also the Legend of Zelda. I feel they teased this announcement that I had um, when we talked about the online or previously. The original Zelda, like Legend of Zelda on the NES is part of this online system. I think that game will also receive a two-player co-op to like sort of help this Breath of the Wild co-op like go uh, further. That, that sounds similar to uh the uh the the uh the satellite Zelda game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Way back oh, in the, the day. Super, yes. Oh yeah, maybe. That could be interesting. That could definitely be interesting. That'd be pretty well, cool. All right, guys, now it's time to move into the really fun part of our E3 prediction show. Random predictions. Mm -hmm. This is where we get to say anything we want and see what's, you know, throw everything against the wall, see what sticks. So Mm -hmm. we each get to pick three games, uh, either for the Nintendo Switch or for the 3DS, so any currently active Nintendo console, and we get to give a mini synopsis of what the gameplay style is and why we chose this game. So first and foremost, I want to start with a game that doesn't get enough love, 
and it's punch out. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a brand new punch out game. Now I've made this prediction twice already. <laughs> this is the third time then. Correct? Third time, third time is a charm. Now with the first two times I had the caveat that it would be Ronda Rousey's punch out because at the time when I made these, <laughs> when I made it, I can see that. Oh, when that's I, good. When I made those predictions, Ronda Rousey was on top of the world. And I figured that Nintendo would want to get on that kind of horse Again, like they did with Mike Tyson, you know, take the biggest fighter on the planet at the time and turn them into like the secret final boss. Mm-hmm. So have Little Mac fighting off against Ronda Rousey, and uh, she has her patented armbar in a boxing match, which would be hilarious. <laughs> but this time, since Ronda Rousey is no longer a relevant MMA fighter, I'm just gonna say it's a regular punch out game um, with you know motion controls. And mm-hmm. instead of Ronda Rousey being a secret hidden character, Springman's going to show up as the uh, secret hidden character, similar to how Donkey Kong was yeah, the secret good. character in the last Punch-Out game. I think it would be super funny to see Springman and Little Mac fighting one another. So, yes, my first prediction is Punch-Out. And it's not going to deviate from the Punch-Out formula. It is going to be a puzzle game because that's what Punch-Out games are. They're not boxing games. They're you puzzle games. Those- yeah, you read like the pattern and you react to solve the puzzle to beat the opponent in the pa- in the puzzle. Exactly. Yeah. And it's going to have a brand new updated art style one that really utilizes the Switch and I think that's going to be a lot of fun now. It will be different enough from Arms that it doesn't take anything away from Arms, but it's going to be it's going to have its own little unique flair to it that'll make Punch-Out fans go crazy. So yes, this year Punch-Out, but no Ronda Rousey tie-ins. Um, That'd be pretty cool. So I, I wanted to bounce off of that, but what if Little Mac is the secret final boss and oh, you're playing as a new fighter after like all these years? A new kid on the block coming in to prove his worth. That could be fun as well. I mean, mm-hmm. the, as long as it doesn't stray away from the punch-out formula, I don't yeah. think... You know, I, I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a contingency of players who will miss playing as Little Mac and they might find that blasphemous. Mm-hmm. But it's not. it wouldn't be the first time that Little Mac wasn't a player. Well, what if there were two story modes? Characters. A Little Mac story mode, a new character story mode, and like multiple player characters. I want to create a character feature. Ooh, that could be fun. Create, yeah, create I could a see that being real cool. And, and obviously we're going to have a whole slew of, uh, you know, semi-racist new characters uh, yeah. to, to bounce off of. Well, you know, that's just the internet for you. What are you going to do? I mean, no, 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 no. That's what Nintendo did. We don't blame the internet for, for the racist <laughs> connotations of the Punch-Out franchise. It's just as racist as the Street Fighter franchise. I love both of those franchises, but they're a little racist. Hey. So, uh, moving on to my prediction. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off of um, the old games that need more love, and I'm going to say F-Zero. Okay, okay. It has been like a decade since yeah. the last goddamn F Zero game. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys! Like, the game was Metroid Prime, and we were waiting for that for years. Yeah, they they have to give us F Zero. Like the last one they had was GameCube. Probably, I don't know. We didn't see one on the 3DS. We didn't see one on the Wii. Yeah, we, we haven't had one since GameCube. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I it would not surprise me. If after years of being uh, harassed and asked for um, a new installment, that they would give us a um, an F Zero title. All right. Um. So 
I want to say this because I, when both of you pulled up like the classic titles, like, I got worried you're gonna steal mine. Um, Kid Icarus. I want another Kid Icarus game. Um, yeah, it just recently kind of got love on the 3DS, so it's not as like unrepresented as um, Punch Out and or F Zero. It got love fairly fairly recently from Sakurai. Um, but I feel like it will be slightly different. I feel like that how how it played on the 3DS will not translate well, and so I think it will follow a slightly different system. Um, but I do want it to be like very similar at the same time. I don't know. Um, because I love I love the characters and like the charm and the quirks Sakurai put into the series. They fold all his characters with lots of love. I hope if anything stays the same, it's definitely that. Um, but I need to see like I hope it retains this shooter roots instead of the origin or origin platformer origins. Um, I hope that it maybe becomes a bit more like a action game, like give him an actual jump button, like let him sort of free roam. Because like obviously the 3DS controls are not going to work still, so that might be a route to take it. I'm not entirely sure. Awesome. All right. So for my second prediction in my random uh, bucket with bucket list of games is Super Mario Spikers. This was a game that was developed by Next Level Games and was canceled midway through development. So the premise was it was a mashup between wrestling and volleyball, and it had the Mario characters in it. And Nintendo initially canceled the game because they found it to be too violent. But Nintendo has loosened their grip with their characters, specifically the Mario characters, and they've allowed those characters to grow and do outlandish stuff and obviously smash brothers is a thing that exists in the world where we have nintendo characters beating the living crap out of each other so i actually think next level games is going to get a second crack at this game and i think they're going to make this game one of the best-selling games for the nintendo switch i mean think about it. it's a volleyball game and we haven't had a true mario sports game in a, in a good minute i mean not one that anybody really wanted Mario tennis aces which we'll all be playing probably later tonight is the biggest game that they have on slate as far as their sports titles are concerned so i want to see super mario spikers and if you guys haven't seen the art for this game look it up it it looks great that's that's a fairly good segue into my next prediction um so the guys who make all the mario tennis mario um mario golf games the studios camelot and they also make the Golden Sun games. Um, so Golden Sun is a very cool RPG that was released like on the Game Boy, I believe. And then like 10 years later, it got a sequel on the DS. And now that it's almost been another 10 years, I think we're gonna get a, like every 10 years we're gonna get a Golden Sun game, right? And so Camelot, they have the Mario um tennis like series down to a science. They've been done this game for months at this point, and they've been working hard on the new Golden Sun. Like, even though it's just come, even though Mario Tennis Aces is just coming out this month, it's been finished ages ago, and we, we're getting Golden Sun. Um, and I think to go along with it, I kind of this was if I didn't make my other two predictions for Smash Bros., Isaac is a playable character in gold in Smash Bros. to wrap Golden Sun to help promote this game. <laughs> Hold on, real quick, I just want to point out that my uh, my two picks are very contradictory to one another because Next Novel Games made the last Punch-Out game as well. So uh, I literally have one studio developing two games that I want. So let's see how oh. that goes down. <laughs> All 
I, I would definitely like to see a Golden Sun game. It's been a long time. It's been 10 years. We get one every 10 years. It's it like has to do it cut. properly, though. Like, yeah. the biggest problem with the latest installment is there were way too many cooks in the kitchen. You Probably. didn't get a chance to... Yeah. Well, because you're dealing with all the guys' kids. So you had, yeah. like, a cast of 10 characters. Yeah. No, in, you're right. Like, I a 12-hour like... game. So they really need to just do it better. Yeah. I kind of feel like Fire Emblem is like part of the problem when it comes to it's Golden. competing with itself. Yeah, it's it's like Fire Emblem got really big in the last ten years. Mm, that's actually a thing. We might. Why isn't Fire Emblem for our set predictions? We know that's coming, right? Yeah, that's but you know what? I can. Is I, I think when that's I was probably you, coming. Well, yeah, guys, we'll, we'll definitely see a trailer for Fire Emblem. Probably see. You'll probably see a trailer for Fire Emblem. Boom. That's all you need to know. <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me. Well, because we haven't had a, a confirmation on Fire Emblem. Yeah, Ribbon it's yet. been silent. We're talking Fire about um, things that uh, have just been confirmed I'm so far. That's why. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, Jaden, what is your third uh, random prediction? Oh, this is number two. This is a prediction. Oh, yeah, no, this is number two still. Yeah. So, prediction two. Now, these. Now I'm going to start going to territory of things that are uh, nearly impossible. <laughs> Eternal Darkness 2. Oh. Eternal Darkness 1 was a game on the GameCube, which was absolutely phenomenal for all y'all youngins who don't uh, remember. But it was a kind of uh, a first party, uh, not first party, yeah, yes, uh, third party exclusive, excuse me, that's better, third party exclusive to the GameCube that was kind of a survival horror take that uh, pulled upon um, story elements uh, of HP Lovecraft. So we're talking like Call of Cthulhu and Eldritch Gods. And uh, one of the things that made this game absolutely unique was it had an insanity meter because the things that you were seeing in the game um, was difficult to comprehend with the, uh, capac- the limited capacity of the fleshy, meaty, human, feeble mind. So you'd go crazy. And the way this was implemented in the game was what made this game phenomenal so sometimes the screen would tilt and so you'd have to as you get more insane the the screen would eternally mm-hmm. tilt yeah or i believe amnesia dark descent did something similar where oh, like wow. the more insane Find you it. got like the thing monsters got more crazy intimidating things stopped making sense etc yeah mm-hmm. uh, or like flies would be on the screen uh mm-hmm. the one that i had that was my favorite that freaked me out all the time, every time it happened, it freaked me out. But you go to save your game, right? Oh, and then it you. would go. It, it would it would have a screen saying, uh, "Are you sure you want to delete your file?" You'd move over to no, and it'd be like, "Okay, we're deleting your save game." And I'd be like, "No, what the hell are you doing? No!" And then it'd but be like, "Hi, I just got you, bro." Um, so you're insane. Now, okay, yeah. now, to 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 kind of clarify, Eternal Darkness. Uh, it is a third-party developed game, but Nintendo actually does own the license for this game because they were the publishers, so yeah. they own this franchise. So even though the studio that made it, uh, Silicon Knights, I believe it was, they're gone now. Yeah, they're yeah, just they're yeah, gone. They're gone. But Nintendo still has the still ability to make this they, game. They own this license; they can make a new one. So yeah, man, I completely forgot about Eternal Darkness. The problem with Eternal Darkness is, is I remember that that game was like literally a development hell for that studio and it really like as they developed that game they all like they they said the reason for the insanity meter was because developing the game was so hard for them that the developers thought that they were going 
insane. And that's when they came up the, for the with the idea with for the insanity meter. So that would be really cool. But now we live in this world where HD Rumble is a thing. Oh. And could you imagine the implementation of the Saturday sick. meter with the HD Rumble? Oh no! Oh, That'd be super cool. You know, but um, I imagine that developing this game now would be a little bit easier now that we have um, engines to run the game. Back then, the practice was to you have an idea for a game and you build everything from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So with the modern day like unreal engine and etc cetera, etc cetera, you already start to have a framework in which to to build your title so from that standpoint it would probably be a little bit easier so. yeah that is very true yeah we're, we're talking about a very antiquated you know style of de- development yeah. uh and th- who's to say i mean like there are a lot of engines that are running pretty smoothly on the nintendo switch so yeah unreal well, engine, now un- that's cool. did that again as well as now that silicon knights will not be developing it. You know, it's going to be passed to a new studio. And so, you know, depending on who's working on it, they could do a really good job with it and have no problems. Yeah, actually, this kind of segues into my third prediction. Okay. Is uh, Retro. We're going to see Retro's game. Now, I was a little, bit, was more, I was a little bit more specific on uh, what Retro would be making, but now I could totally see Retro, like, totally revitalizing Eternal Darkness. But I think Retro finishes out their Donkey Kong trilogy. I don't think... Yeah, like, like we know that Retro isn't working on Metroid. We know this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I love Donkey Kong Country Returns, and I love Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, and I think it would be a damn shame if Retro didn't finish off the trilogy. But I don't think this game will be a two D side scroller. I think that Retro has four. Yes, a Donkey yeah. Kong sixty four star game. That's what Retro is working on. That's why Retro has been silent. I think they are going to completely revitalize the Donkey Kong franchise in the 3D space. So think Mario Odyssey, but with Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong. And you best believe that New Donk City returns if they do that. Donkey Kong in New Donk City. And then you have airplanes trying to take him down. That is what, <laughs> that is what we all want. The building. You know, he, he, he goes to New Donk City, captures Paulina, and he says something along the lines of, oh, it's like the good old days, ain't it, baby? And he Just climbs the top of the um. It's not Empire State Building. The new Do- the new Donk State Building, I guess. Something I like that. Yeah. It. It's not named exactly, so like I don't know how to classify it. But so, yes, I think Retro comes um, out with a brand new Donkey Kong sixty four style Donkey Kong game and finishes off the trilogy. And that's what they need to do. Look, man, Donkey Kong Donkey Kong doesn't get the love that Mario gets. So it would be nice to see you know Retro really you know take. Donkey Kong, and not just do what's been done, but take it to the next level. And like I think they did that with Donkey Kong Country Returns. They definitely did that with Metroid. They completely revitalized mm-hmm. the Metroid brand. So it would be really cool to see them take Donkey Kong into that final frontier. Just do what do to Donkey Kong what Donkey Kong sixty four didn't really do, and make a good, you know, three D you know open world game. So mm-hmm. I think that's what Retro is going to really get their hands dirty with this uh, this year, and I think we're going to see a trailer for it. So that is my those are my predictions. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned Retro because my my next prediction was for the Retro game actually. Um, so but I don't think it's Donkey Kong. I think we're going to see if they do finish out the Donkey Kong trilogy. I think we're going to take one look, quick break for another game, and then we'll maybe come back to it. Tropical Freeze the remake did just come out. I feel like Nintendo wants to like not steal the spotlight that it has for a little bit longer. 
and just like have it sell what it's going to sell, and then maybe Retro will start working on the next one after this current game I should predict. Um, and this one is actually kind of ripped straight from um, a rumor that was around just because like I want this now that I've seen the rumor. Um, so Retro Studios was rumored um, based off of E3 rumors that have been flying everywhere to be working on a Star Fox racing game in mm. the style of Diddy Kong Racer. Diddy Kong Racing. Um, which I would be down for. Um, a lot of people think this won't happen just because um, we just got Star Fox Zero and that was kind of a big mess. I think we're all expecting Donkey Kong or not Donkey Kong, Star Fox too. <laughs> you got me thinking about Donkey Kong. Star Fox to sort of be like laying low to forget about Zero. Um, but if anyone can make like that's the perfect time when you don't let people forget about it. You give it to Retro and let Retro handle it and save the series. You know, you give something to Retro when you want this to be good. And Star, so far, Star Fox has not been good. So you give it to Retro, and Retro yeah. will make it good. Star Fox um, is the weirdest franchise for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a game that has... It's beloved. It's mm-hmm. a game that has a lot of history behind it as far as, you know, you had these two really good core Star Fox games in, in the first one and in Star Fox 64. But then somewhere along the lines... Star Fox became the uh, experimental title for Nintendo where they're just like, let's just do whatever we want with this character. Nobody will care. And then we end up with weird games like Dinosaur Planet. Uh, there was one for the GameCube that was pretty Adventure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adventure yeah but, was, that was, but that was not Star Fox. That was Zelda, right? No, no, no the Star Fox Adventure. No, no. Uh, the Dinosaur Planet one. Uh, that, was, one. that one's that Adventure, like, though. That was Adventure 2, wasn't it? They had two Adventure games, right? I no, they had. I thought they only had one, and I thought that was Dinosaur World. Give me one second. I'm. I just gotta look it up. I'm gonna. Um. Well, in while you're looking that up, I will continue with my prediction. So, um, it's a racing game, though. I think that's a good direction to take the series. Um, I don't think it'll be more popular or more iconic than Mario Kart, but I could see this racing game being far better than okay. Mario Kart. Assault. Yes. So there Assault. were two games. There were Star Fox Adventures and Star okay. Fox Assault. Assault was, was a decent game. Okay. Uh, okay. No, not, neither neither of them were Zelda games, but uh, well, Dinosaur Planet was in the style of Zelda originally. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, and that oh, one was yeah, yeah, yeah. one adventure. That was then, adventure. Yeah, that was adventure. Okay. And then Assault that was, was the one that was all on land. Which honestly, I think it's underrated. I think it's a lot of undeserving hate. But anyway, go back to your prediction. Um. So yes. Um. I think racing's a very good like place to take star fox um because in terms of like the the flight the, the flight that we have it's very linear but it's also more like you know you do play level get the high score play it again etc um i feel like being a racing game especially in the style of diddy kong racing you can do a lot more with the actual level design and make it more course design um diddy kong racing can make like boss battles um it's like you could be racing in andros in order to like progress, you have to be Andros in the middle of the race. I believe Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing did some stuff like that with some of their tracks. Um, I think that could be very cool. Um, being able to shoot obstacles out of the way, being able to shoot missiles at other like racers along the way, um, it would be interesting. But this game needs to have a battle mode, like because look, look, racing games have battle modes, hence Mario Kart. But when when you look at the only real good parts. <laughs> about the recent Star Fox and most, honestly, almost all Star Foxes, um, is the multiplayer modes. The multiplayer battle modes are where this game shines. This is the best part of 64, in my opinion. I love Best part of 64, best part of Assault, I'd say, as well. Um, 
I love that. I love the when you uh, did a certain amount of tasks in sixty four, you could get the uh, un, you know, the the pilots not in the uh, in the ships where they'd be running around on foot, f- shooting bazookas. At, yeah, that's at, great. At planes. That was one of my favorite mm-hmm. things. He's just you just see Slippy Toad running on his foot. He's so slow too. That was so much fun. Yeah, um, but I think you know, give this game a battle mode because. The Star Fox needs to have a battle mode to be successful. I think that's just a given. So make it a racing game with an online battle mode um, and local battle mode as well. Um, but I feel like this has a lot of potential. I think the rumor said it would have a hub world as well. I think that could be cool. If you could customize like all of your vehicles, which it would, I assume have multiple vehicles, racing your R-Wing, your Landmaster, maybe the new like drone or whatever it was that was in Zero, um, etc. There's a lot of vehicle options in this so you can have a lot of Landmaster, some ground stuff, some air stuff, and I think that offers a lot of potential as well. Um, Third-person view, cockpit view could be something to play around with. Um, but I think that has a lot of potential. I feel like, like I said, as a racing game, it might not be more iconic and popular as Mario Kart, but it will probably, if done right, be way more fun. Hey, as long as it's that. not a gyro-controlled game like Star Fox Zero, I'm mm-hmm. 100% on board with Retro. I feel like they Star could Fox add game. that, but don't make it like a default. I don't know. Agreed. Or just have the option to turn it off, even if yeah, it is exactly. Just play traditional controls, man. I miss. Look, I have nothing against gyro controls. I just, as an older gamer, it's just I'm never going to get used to that. So, hmm. can we just please, you know, wait for my generation to die off before we completely go <laughs> into motion games? <laughs> um. But okay. Yep. So that's my third and final prediction. I have said what? Um. Golden Sun, Kid Icarus, and Star Fox by Retro Studios. All right, and so my last prediction is another one that is in the land of impossibilities, and this is okay. um, this would be a return to the old old series called um, Eternal Arcadia, or as it was known okay. in America, it was Skies of Arcadia. Yep. Skies, of Arcadia. Skies of Arcadia was originally uh, released on the Dreamcast, and it was developed by a uh, now-defunct developer called Overworks. Now, uh, eventually, it made its way to the GameCube. uh, During that, they actually added an an entirely new character. Um, Now, this game, the original one, uh, rather, is uh, one that easily makes, like, my top five, or possibly top three, depending on how I'm feeling, rpgs of all time uh what made this game great not only was the turn-based strategy it had an element system uh before that was really big so you could change the elements of your swords or your weapons to do extra damage and weaknesses etc but what made it really good is that it had a um air to air uh turn-based uh skyship combat uh, which was Absolutely phenomenal. It's the best I've ever seen uh, implemented uh, a system like that uh, while still keeping the the, the turn base. Um, Now, uh, I would love, 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 love to have a sequel or just another sort of game in the installment um, of of this sort of franchise. Um, The publisher was Sega, and Overworks eventually got... uh, absorbed by sega so in theory they have they've got the ip so it's possible just improbable um but i would also settle for an hd remake or an hd remaster like i at this point anything skies of arcadia i would take if you gave me a shitty mobile game i would probably take that too (laughs) but i mean skies of arcadia 
I, I would love to see it on on the Switch. Well, I know that if Ian Flynn is you know listening to the show, he's screaming because uh, he confirmed that that's his favorite video game franchise of all time on our interview the you know the past couple of weeks. And if you guys haven't heard that interview, go please check it out because I think it's the greatest interview we've ever done on this podcast. But yeah, man, Skies of Arcadia is a classic. It's one of those uh, it's one of those games that is often overlooked. But the people who have played it, nobody ever says anything bad about it. And man, it was it was a damn good looking game too on the Dreamcast. It's it was, like Sega's it, Mother Three or not Mother Three. It was pushing Mother. that. It was pushing that hardware, man. It looked that game was beautiful. Like mm-hmm. just ah, like I didn't own a Dreamcast, but I had a friend that did, and I would spend a lot of time at his house, and we, you know, I'd watch him play, and then you know, whenever he wasn't playing, I'd mess around with his save file because I'm a douche like that. <laughs> Uh, at least you went up to it, right? Yeah, but hey, man, look, that that is a good one, man. I, and you know what, Sega's you know relationship with Nintendo is, is at the you know, yeah, they're they're cool now. Like it's, we're not in the console era anymore, so mm-hmm. I could definitely see that being a an awesome title for uh you know for for the Nintendo Switch, especially with the portability. Man, yeah, I would play that. Yeah, an HD remake on the Switch would be dope because that's mm-hmm. one of those games that like it's hard to put down. Once you yeah. start playing it, so and so being on portable to, space exactly benefits just, it. Just, and you know that's one of those things that we could possibly see with the online as well. Let's mm-hmm. say they go with uh, having old GameCube titles be available through their online streaming service. True, Skies of Arcadia Legends would be a perfect, mm-hmm. uh, a perfect addition. So I mean, no, I agree, hundred percent. All right, man. So. I think that's it. We got through all these predictions. I, these were fun. These are fun. I love the E3 predictions show because I don't know in advance what you guys are going to say. Uh, the only people, you know, older listeners might know that I'm going to say Punch-Out at some point just because I love Punch-Out and I want it. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, now I felt like my idea was a little bit more valid when Ronda Rousey was at the height of her popularity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I still think Punch-Out deserves some love. I'm just saying, missed opportunity to have Ronda Rousey Punch-Out. Well, they the- couldn't do it now. Now she's part of WWE, and w- oh, they're not going to release yeah. the rights to her at all. I mean, yeah. look, nope, nope. Yeah. I'm just saying. And, and also, you know, wrestling is ballet with dudes. So, what like, if Lumac got in a WWE wrestling ring? WWE Punch Out, but not Punch Out. Wrestle <laughs> out. Go. Wrestle out. <laughs> You're lucky that there's a computer screen, say, you know, between you and me. Well, no, but you can keep like the formula where it's puzzle based. Just the movement patterns would be based off wrestling, right? Don't make me hurt you. Okay, sorry. Mess with my punch out, man. No, but no, this was a fun. This this is a fun episode. I, like I, I always get excited for the pre E three show just because you can be bananas with it. And if something actually sticks, you know how amazing that would be. We called well, you it. You got we, your punch out. We got punch out. We got skies of Arcadia. <laughs> Donkey Kong sixty four. Like, oh my god. Oh my god! No, that'd just be dope. These are like that's the thing. Like we we rarely get to be selfish when we make this podcast. We make this podcast with the idea that we're being as fair, uh, you know, as we possibly can be. You know, sometimes we get a little out of line, and that's fine. I don't that don't bother me none. But you know, we don't do this podcast selfishly. And E3 is that one time where I was like, I'm gonna be selfish as hell, and I'm gonna say the games that only appeal to me and damn the rest of the world because I want my punch out and I want my Donkey Kong 64, you know, retro game. And I know, you know, that's the thing though. That's the sad thing is if 
even if Retro announced a Donkey Kong 64 style game, people would be like, why? Why do not want this Retro? That's that game ever comes to fruition. Just like they did when Tropical Freeze was announced. We, you just made a Donkey Kong game. Yeah, three years ago. That Retro yeah. do their thing. I, I mean, again, we've touched upon it before. This is one of the biggest problems with the fickleness of the, um, the Nintendo fan base. For you. You know, like... Uh, Labo was not aimed at you. It was given no indication. It was Smash Bros. Like, I don't know what you're thinking. Just don't buy it if you don't want it. Vote with your wallets, people. Make oh, up man. your minds, too. <laughs> but yeah, man, these E3 shows are like, they're like Christmas. They're like Christmas. And, yeah, definitely. And like, this is like, you know, where you, this is us making our Christmas list. And, you know, uh, Santa Nintendo will bring us a bunch of other stuff that we didn't know we wanted. But you know, once they announced it, like I didn't know I wanted that game, but now now I need to have it. Like, why is it coming out in six months? Because like, like I'm already old, man. I don't want to die before you start releasing these games. <laughs> I, I also want to just point on, like, I think we're also a lot of out of the blue stuff. You said like a bunch of stuff you didn't know we wanted. I think stay tuned to the treehouse. The treehouse will probably announce some miscellaneous stuff not in the main presentation, such as what we got last year with Metroid, like Metroid um Sandwich Returns. Sushi Striker Way the Sushido. There's a lot of interesting stuff that I think will be shown off at the Treehouse that we did not expect at all. And so I think for the games we didn't know we wanted, definitely check into the Treehouse. Um, that's something. Absolutely. But guys, that's it for our show that we are wrapping up this E3 prediction show. But fret not, we will have very comprehensive E3 coverage. I will be doing a live reaction to the uh the nintendo direct for e3 this year uh anybody else want to jump in on the live reactions i think that would be great so feel free to do a live reaction. I've work but i would love to uh, join you for that obviously we are going to have a a uh, a new episode of the podcast right after e3 so mm -hmm. nintendo's presser is on the 12th we will be recording the next episode on the 13th so yes. we will know all of the major nintendo news mm -hmm. uh even from the third parties, because I believe Ubisoft goes on Monday. So yeah. Ubisoft is Monday, Nintendo's Tuesday. So we're going to find out all the major stuff. And then we're going to have our third annual E3 extravaganza show. And I can't wait for that because, again, that is actually Christmas. Mm -hmm. This is the build-up. Yeah. This is we're, Right now, this is Thanksgiving mm -hmm. where, you know, we start making our Christmas list and get ready for Black Friday. And then E3 is Christmas and we, we get all our presents. Yeah. So... And it's, it's how I like to think of it. It's like, this is what we want. And then E3 happens post show is what we actually got and why it's cool, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to have very comprehensive E3 news, live reactions, all the good stuff that you've come to expect from this channel. And guys, that's going to be it. So before I let you go, we got to hit you up with these social media links. You can hit me up on Twitter at Nice1983. You can email me at Nice1983 at gmail.com. Hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Nintendo Power Zone. If you're a fan of this podcast, you can always download new episodes on iTunes, Google Play Music, stream episodes on Stitcher Radio. But if you want to watch the show live, you can do what you're doing right here and go to Nintendo Power Zone on YouTube.com. Anybody else, hit them up with your social media links. 
Um, I'd also like to thank um, Let's Go Evie for tuning into the first half of the show and sticking around. Um, been a great um, chatting with you in the live stream. Thanks for coming out to the show, watching it live like you're doing right now. If you guys want to do so, he just gave the YouTube links. Check that out for the next episode. You know the date. It's the 13th. It's the next day we're recording, right? So, yes, sir. You can hop on live and see what we do live. Um, my Twitter is at TheKingBlues. Blues, once again, spelled B-L-O-O-Z um, on Twitter. All right, you can hit me up at uh, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter at Jaden Winsong. And uh, if you want to talk with us more, uh, pay attention to the Facebook page. Occasionally, we give out uh, timed uh, links to the Discord channel, uh, which is a way that you can talk to us in real time pretty much uh, whenever we're around. Uh, so uh, that, that could be your direct line to us. Um, check us out on Facebook and watch for that link. Absolutely. All the ways you guys can hit us up, you know how to do it. We want to thank you guys so much for watching our pre-E3 prediction show. And we'll be back in two weeks with mm -hmm. our E3 post show. Deuces.